Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we discuss some of the best commentaries of the week by your favorite rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, actually, I have a correction. There are no rebels to interview uh, this week. Uh, they've all left for their Christmas time holidays. I can't say I blame them. So what are we going to do in the meantime? Well, thankfully, a lot of you have sent in your letters uh, to rebel staff. And uh, this is my big Santa sack full of them. And why don't we just read some of those letters? Maybe it's a letter that you wrote. Let's check it out. So this is all off the cuff, folks. I haven't prepared. I'm reading these letters for the first time. From Tom McGregor, what gift would you get Trudeau if you were his secret Santa? Well, you know what, Tom? That's great. I think some of the gifts I can't get them because they're on some prohibitive list right now. And the other gift is something he would probably never wear in a million years, namely our best-selling t-shirt. That would be the Justin Castro t-shirt. That might hit a little too close to home. Okay, from Faith Jones. <clears throat> Hi, David. My question I would like to ask is this. How do you keep up the strength and determination to keep doing the job you do with all the trials and tribulations that get thrown at independent media in this country? I struggle as a simple citizen to keep up the fight for truth. What is your secret or mantra to keep strong during these times? Well, Faith, what a nice letter that is. You know, I think it's this. I am completely incompetent in every other facet of life. I mean, something happens to my car. I pop the hood. I pretend I know what I'm doing. I don't know anything. I go into Home Depot. I see all these real men buying real lumber and real power tools. They're going out to build a treehouse or something. I can't do that. I guess this was my calling. And, um, and hopefully, here's something. Uh, maybe when this crazy time that we're in when things settle down and there's a pendulum swing back to normal times, maybe it'll be proven that Rebel News and other independent media, it was we who were on the right side of history. Number three, Robert Pariseau writes, if we actually do wind up defeating the establishment establishment media to the point of them losing their licenses and getting them off the air, then what? Well, I guess then we let the free market uh, kick in. Uh, that rewards winners. It penalizes losers. Twas ever thus is how it should be. And you know, you raise a good point, Robert. Um, this is one of the promises by Pierre Polyev, the hopefully future Prime Minister of Canada, assuming he's going to keep those promises. And this is one he can't go back on. He has talked about defunding the mainstream media. He has talked about taking away that billion dollars plus from the CBC. And uh, if he flips on that, uh, that will give me stomach palpitations uh, to, to no end, I'll tell you. So let's get rid of the safety net for the mainstream media and let them survive like we do. We ask for donations, we sell subscriptions, that, I think, folks, is the most honest way to earn a living, not to take money right out of your purses and wallets. Let's go to the bottom of the bag here. 
Okay, from Kevin Hardy. What's up, Menzoid? I was wondering what you think of the idea of you auctioning off a bottle of that Four Roses bourbon you drink. Can't find a drop in the Maritimes. Oh, that's a shame. By the way, if you are going to buy Four Roses, there are three kinds. There's the Four Roses, there's the Single Barrel, and there's the Small Batch. Always, always, always buy the Small Batch. It's about 10 bucks more than the base level, but uh, as the saying goes, you get what you pay for. Um, I'd probably arrange to send you a bottle of Four Roses, my friend, but I'm almost sure I'd be breaking some kind of crazy interprovincial liquor law, so I'm sure you'll find another bourbon that will make you happy. Merry Christmas to you. All right. Okay, from... Carol Lyons. Hi, David. I miss watching you and Sheila on the daily on the daily live shows that happened during COVID. You are my favorite rebels to watch. Oh, thank you. I love the wrestling talk banter and hearing from your favorite fan with her super chats, rumble rants. Is there any chance that you and Sheila may consider a live broadcast once a week? Wishing you a full bottle of your favorite scotch and a very Merry Christmas to you and Lady Menzoid. Well, Carol, that is a very sweet letter indeed. I think the uh, live stream chats are gonna come back. They were interrupted, of course, because of the Emergencies Act inquiry, folks. But I think we're gonna rejig them somehow. Um, might be at a different time, I understand. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, it will come back, Carol. And again, thank you for those kind words. Much appreciated. Okay, <clears throat> from D. Thank you, David, for all you've done along with your rebel team. Did you ever press charges for what Trudeau's minions did to you when they roughed you up? Thanks for great reporting. Merry Christmas to each and every one of your team. Well, as a matter of fact, we have launched civil litigation. Uh, I went through discovery last month asking, and I was asked ridiculous questions like, how many centimeters were you away from the curb uh, where this assault took place? Uh, I don't know what the relevance of that is. The wheels of justice grind slowly, as you know, but I'm telling you, I've got a very good feeling we're gonna win this claim. After all, folks, the camera does not lie, does it? All right. Hi, David, how do you manage to keep your cool and your sanity when you ask a liberal politician a simple, honest question and they abuse and snub you? I feel they treat you like a second-rate person. I could not take it, thanks. And that's from Murray H. Coomer. Well, Mr. Coomer, a lot of people ask that particular question, I can tell you, and it's simply this. I think to lose your temper, I think to throw F-bombs, you know, to get frustrated. There's always somebody recording you, and that's not a good look. Uh, you know, my colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed, she subscribes to Kill Him With Kindness. I subscribe to that too, and um, I think it pays off. But you know what? It does take quite a bit of determination some days, let me tell you. Thank you. From Gordon Kirk, David, I am a born and raised Albertan. I admire your fortitude and determination 
to extract the truth for your travels in Eastern Canada. I am delighted how you stand up to fight until the truth is exposed. From the GM Trudeau issue to the school board trans teacher, you seek honesty and refuse to give in to dishonesty. I wish you and your family a truly Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Rebel News must stay the course in keeping our Canadian values forefront at all times. I personally desire freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I thank you for your hard work. Please do not stop. You are a missionary in my mind. Well, Gordon, that is so nice. And on those two issues, um, we have, as you might know, sent a invoice to GM for needlessly wasting our time as they invited us and then disinvited us on the day on the second we got there to their Ingersoll plant uh, press conference. Uh, we suspect it was Trudeau that told them to disinvite us, but that's still not a good reason. And for the trans teacher, uh, well, we're keeping our foot on the accelerator here. That's a grotesque thing that's happening at the Halton District School Board these days. And um, let, let's put it this way. I think we're going to win this battle. At least have this person cover up in the name of decency. <clears throat> All right. Heath St. John writes, Hello, could you tell us something of your early life and how you entered journalism? We rely on each one of you also very much for the truth. Thanks. Well, Heath, I went to um, journalism school. It was a three-year course at Ryerson Polytechnical Institute. Of course, they don't call it Ryerson now. It's uh, named after, it's, well, it sounds like a subway stop, Metropolitan Toronto University, something like that. Um, but the real school of hard knocks is out in the field. And my first job in journalism was in St. Paul, Alberta, which is, um, by the way, notable for the fact that in 1967, it made the pages of Time magazine, tiny little article. Uh, St. Paul made the world's first UFO landing pad. Um, that's all fun and dandy until you realize that was federal tax dollars going into that. It was part of the um, centennial um, brew uh, birthday party stuff that they were spending money on back then. And it really never ends. And um, I can tell you this, uh, it, as I gained experience, I think I got better. And as I said earlier, really, what else would I do? I'm pretty much incompetent in every other facet of life. So um, thank goodness there is journalism. And thank goodness there's independent journalism. And a guy like Ezra Levent, uh, who does not bend the knee, who does not, white, who does not wave the white flag of surrender, uh, that is my gift to last here at Rebel News. All right, and from Kerry Long. Good evening, David. It is not so much a question, more of a curiosity. I have yet to hear of any politician dying suddenly from having the jab, uh, like unlike all these regular folks who were shot and are dying that I am reading about. I am thinking they took a placebo or there was no needle. Thanks and have a Merry Christmas. You folks do an awesome job. I am going to try and donate more. Be safe. Well, thank you very much uh, for that, Kerry. You know, you might be right, but the crux of the matter is we need proof. I mean, if they were taking a placebo, if they weren't taking the uh, COVID-19 vaccine. But I'll tell you this, 
Would that not be the story of the century, as young as it is? The fact that our politicians and our bureaucrats and our health necromancers, if they were faking it, so to speak, when it came to the vaccine, because we do know one thing, don't we? This vaccine, it doesn't work. Okay, this is from Marianne Goulet. Hi, David. First of all, oh, sorry. First off, all the rebel journalists are fantastic, but you take the cake. Your bravery, common sense reporting restores hope. Just wanted to say, keep it up. Fighting the good fight is never easy, but you sure make it look like it is. How dare you challenge the corrupt elites? You attack head on. I especially loved when you showed up at the school board dressed as a freak. You managed to pull it off with humor to make your points heard. Bravo, bravo. Give this man a raise. Oh, Marianne, that's so kind. And by the way, Ezra, are you listening? That last part, give this man a raise. No, going to the school board uh, was a hoot, Marianne, because... The Halton District School Board is really down with the whole radical transgender revolution, aren't they? Except when it comes to their headquarters, then it's too much in your face. And, uh, you know, radical transgenderism, it's not for them. It's for the kids to endure. And what's the result? They literally run away, A, and B, they send me a letter saying I am banned for life from Halton District School Board properties. Talk about shooting the messenger. But we're still on this story, even if we can't physically go on their property, folks. All right. From James F. McCann. Hi, David. Love your work. Need some follow-ups on your attacks by York, RCMP, and Montreal Police. Did you get your bottle of scotch from LCBO? Well, James, um, as I mentioned, uh, the Montreal, or, or rather the RCMP, uh, lawsuit. Jeez, there are so many now that you mentioned it. Uh, that's in the works, as is the uh, York Regional Police Assault. That was when I went, I guess it was two years now, to the um, Hockey Night in Canada event, the hometown hockey uh, segment, where somehow the York Regional Police thought on a public sidewalk, a journalist wasn't allowed um, to interview Ron McLean. And uh, it's kind of funny because I, I don't understand how our tax dollars are going into armed law enforcement becoming free bodyguards uh, for Mr. McLean. Um, they manhandled me and we're, we're suing them for that. And then there's the Montreal police. Uh, yep, I went through a program uh, where, it, well, it involved making a charitable donation so I wouldn't have to have a criminal trial. So we don't have to worry about me going behind bars in Montreal. And I can tell you, based on the few hours I spent in that Montreal cell, it was absolutely disgusting. Uh, I don't know if they don't hire janitors in their jails or not, but that was filthy beyond words. I did not get my bottle of scotch from the LCBO yet. And believe it or not, last month we filed a small claims lawsuit. Uh, the LCBO is going to defend it and ask for their costs. I don't know how they're going to win. They said in writing and they said orally that they owe me another bottle of Glenn Farkless 105. Just goes to show you that the only thing worse than a monopoly, folks, is an abusive monopoly. We're going to win that. You wait. All right. <clears throat> From Gladys Molly. 
Hello, David. I don't have a question. I just want to say that I love Rebel News and I think you are my favorite reporter. You think or you know? Just kidding. Your sense of humor, though, through it all is so awesome. Love to everyone at Rebel News and Merry Christmas. Keep up the great work that you do. Cheers. You know, Gladys, when I hear response like this, be it in a letter or on an online comment, that really keeps me going. I really appreciate all of it. It's very humbling. Thank you ever so much. From Richard Dorian. 50 years ago this year, I graduated in journalism in Ontario. I have been socially aware for decades. One subject I have delved into deeply has been geoengineering, the deliberate manipulation of our environment. In the process, I have collected hundreds of newspaper articles dating back over a century. My question is this, why is geoengineering not being addressed? seeing with my own eyes what is being intentionally done to our entire world. Well, Richard, I, I got to be honest, I'm not going to fake it. I really don't have much of a basis of knowledge of geoengineering, but if you want to send me an email and uh, explain uh, what angle you're pursuing, uh, maybe there's a story there for us. I simply don't know, but thanks for pointing it out. And by the way, are you still in journalism? Because what a racket, eh? Okay. <clears throat> From Sonia. Hey, David, just wanted to thank you for your journalism and to ask you to please take note into consideration doing an investigation on the Princess Margaret Lottery. They no longer do live draws, and some people are wondering why. If you go to their Facebook, one of the major prizes posts, they responded on a comment bringing this up that they've changed to a randomly gender generated number software to get the winning number since criminal code changed and allows this type of draw. They claim to have the highest standards of transparency, but why would they not be transparent with the draws? It's pretty suspicious that we can't ensure that the winning numbers are legitimate. Thank you. Well, you know, Sonia, I did not know this and I buy those Princess Margaret uh, lottery tickets that that money goes to um, a great cause. Okay, who's kidding who? I want to win that uh, dream mansion and the and the Porsche in the driveway and the 500,000 bucks in spending money. But I did not know about this. You know what? I will make a call because you want to know that the game is not fixed. Um, this is what we continually run into with the Ontario Lottery and Grifting Corporation, as I call it. They're always breaking and bending the rules. Um, you can don't ask me, ask the ombudsman, ask the uh, auditor general. Um, and I'll see if this is indeed uh, mounting to a hill of beans. I would say this, that if there is indeed a winner and there is no connection, of course, to Princess Margaret Hospital, um, it would seem that the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, that somebody who purchased a ticket is getting uh, the prize. But nevertheless, I will look, look into this. Thank you. <clears throat> From Richard D. Mullock. Hi, David. You appear to be one of the most senior journalists associated with Rebel News. That means you're saying I'm old. Well, I'm old. I'm always impressed by your gutsy reporting. My question, and maybe this should also be directed at Ezra, does Rebel News view 
the Zelensky regime in Ukraine as legitimate? And what's the view of Russia led by Putin in this war with Ukraine? It's my belief that Russia is the good guy in this conflict, and the sooner Zelensky and his rogue leadership are neutralized, the better for everyone. Ukraine is a holdout of the globalist elites, and Russia is the only force capable uh, that can neutralize it. Well, Richard, I'll, I'll tell you this much. Um, to call Zelensky a Boy Scout uh, is absolutely um, off the charts crazy. Uh, I don't think this is a matter of black and white. I think it's several shades of grain. Everyone, it seems, that's waving a Ukraine flag, they're depicting Ukraine as the victim. But the actions of Zelensky uh, would depict otherwise. And also, please visit our website to look at Jeremy Lafredo's reports that he filed from Russia. Uh, it's really something else, uh, what we've been led to believe, i.e. the sanctions. You would think that, you know, the grocery stores are empty. Uh, the precise opposite is true, is the case. Uh, they're filled. And uh, by the way, the prices are much better than what we're paying at North America. Uh, gee, if that's the result of sanctions, please, somebody sanction Canada. The sooner the better. From Rebecca Vershoor, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hi there, David. I am very encouraged by your investigations and love seeing how the evil population, the ones you expose, react to you. I remember when the Trudeau bodyguards roughed you up in the street. I was wondering if they were ever held accountable. Also glad to see you were healed and back to investigating the crooks. And um, yeah, I did get better. And I think what you're referring to, Rebecca, I know I did mention earlier, by the way, that we have civil litigation that is proceeding right now. But in addition to getting manhandled that day, what else happened is just a few days later, I tested positive for COVID-19. And I can tell you the past two years, uh, I had never been healthier, not a cold, not a sore throat, an earache, you name it. And then it was revealed after that incident and it received mainstream media attention in the Post, the CBC, that it turned out that half of Justin Trudeau's bodyguard contingent were COVID positive. So I don't think I can prove it, but I have a very strong hunch, folks, that they did that to me. They made me sick. And in my case, I was on my back for almost six weeks. What a disgrace. <clears throat> All right. From Lisa, happy holidays, Mr. Menzies and crew. If you could please do a shout out to allcreaturesrescue.ca. Well, consider it done. They are an all-volunteer rescue in Ontario and have worked extremely hard this year to help over 300 animals. My question is, what is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you or Mr. Levent live on air that we may not have known about as it was happening? Or... What is the most surprising thing you have experienced behind the scenes with David Suzuki or anyone else you have tried to interview? Thank you for all your hard work. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, Lisa, if you are part of an all-volunteer rescue crew in Ontario, you might want to look into our stories on Ezra the horse. That was the horse that was brutally, I guess, tortured is the word for it. It was dragged um, by a car and... There's still many questions as to what the fate of Ezra is, where it is, if it's healing, who the new owner is. Uh, you can go to past videos for that. Um, in terms of 
the most embarrassing thing on air? I think it might be something that never aired, but I would have no problem with it airing. It, it's, it's in the archives. Only a few people on the planet have, have seen it. About six years ago, I went to a cat show in Toronto and I was self-identifying as a cat. I was calling myself trans cat. I put myself in a cage and we put a, and I was put on display with the real cats. And uh, after a few minutes, all hell broke loose. Um, I think the costume is so ridiculous that my colleagues don't want to air it because they're embarrassed for me. But in certain respects, I think I was ahead of the curve, folks. You have people right now identifying as furries, including one teacher with the Toronto District School Board that goes to school dressed as some sort of animal. So, um, yeah, what do you think? Time to get that video out of the vault and broadcast it? I say yes. Okay, and what other letters do we have? From Tarath Baines. Hi, David. I am a former Bramptonian and now an Albertan. I am a Sikh immigrant and I lived in Brampton for many years and I saw the place going downhill. I was surprised that no one was talking about deteriorating conditions. And then I saw your reporting. I just like the way you engage people and I like a very good dose of satire. You have put yourself at very difficult situations to bring out the truth. Sir, if I meet you, I would like to shake hands. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Tarith, that is such a nice letter you have sent. You know, I got to be honest. I kind of like Brampton. I like the people in Brampton. I despise the mayor of Brampton. I think if I lived in Brampton, that would make me look for another place to move. The corruption is just off the charts in that city. And when you say the place going downhill, let me guess the timeline when Brampton started to go downhill. Would it have been perhaps 2018? You know, the year sneaky Patrick Brown was elected. I bet it was. Dear Menzoid, Happy Hanukkah slash Merry Christmas. I really respect your courage to go where many won't, to ask what others won't. From woman only swims as a trans, beaten with a cane to CN railway blockers and the CN police. The righteous indignation I felt with how you were treated by sheer and Trudeau security cemented my love of the Menzoid. Take care and nice knockers. And that's from Tim Reed. Well, Tim Reed, really? Nice knockers? I'm offended. What about my legs? Can you believe the transphobia here, folks? The final letter, please hold your applause. And it's from Karen Erickson. Hello, Mr. Menzies. Finally, someone is calling the OLG out. I believe they are also manipulating lottery jackpots. Have you checked the unclaimed winning ticket portion on their website? I suggest you do. There is no doubt in my mind there is corruption going on. I have another issue I think needs investigation and I will send in a separate form. Well, you know what, Karen? I'm happy to investigate that for you. Um, I think the Ontario Lottery and Gaming Corporation is the most corrupt crown corporation in the history of crown corporations. Let me give you a little story, folks. When you buy scratch and win tickets now, there is an expiration date 
on the back of the ticket, you have to claim the prize by this date or else the ticket is dead. I am the reason for that expiration date. About 20 years ago, and you're not going to believe this story because it's so petty in terms of the numbers. I bought a scratch ticket called Munster Money. It was $2. I scratched off the three matching things. I think they were bats. I won $4. Wow, I doubled my money. And then I went from store to store to store to claim my $4. And all of them said, no, it's not a valid lottery ticket. I'm beginning to think, I didn't buy a counterfeit, did I? Well, I got in touch with the OLG directly. And they told me that the ticket had expired. And I said, well, where is there an expiry date? And they said, there isn't one, but most people cash in their tickets right away. And I thought, what? I had to threaten a small claims lawsuit. That's right, I had to threaten filing a $100 claim to get $4 to make the OLG cut me a check for $4. That is how they respond. They're not proactive, they're reactive to people standing up to their corruption and to people threatening litigation. Uh, it's an absolute disgrace. As far as I'm concerned, the government should be, I don't know, taxing and regulating lotteries. They shouldn't be involved in lotteries. That should be a private sector thing. Just visit Las Vegas, Nevada, and you'll see how well it works there. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see what information you have regarding your case. Karen. Well, folks, that was absolutely fantastic. I loved getting all those letters. And uh, wow, talk about the Christmas miracle. No hate mail. I mean, uh, what's wrong with our haters these days? But seriously, you are the reason Rebel News exists. Literally, you donate to us. You buy subscriptions for our premium content. Quite frankly, without you, we are nothing. And myself, all my fellow rebels, we are going to try as hard as we can in 2023 to bring you the other side of the story. We have the fight of our lives ahead of us. You know that the Trudeau liberals are bringing out bills to censor the Internet. We are the primary target of those bills. But we're not going down without a fight. And like I said, thankfully, we have a true champion, a heavyweight. That would be Ezra Levent. He doesn't bend the knee, doesn't wave that white flag of surrender. We are going to fight for our livelihoods and for the right to bring you that other side of the story. In the meantime, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas and all the best in 2023. It's going to be challenging. But I think there will be light at the end of this tunnel. As always, stay safe and stay sane.